And good, whatever, whenever you're listening to this, afternoon, morning, evening, overnight, welcome on in to the Check Your Brain podcast here on, if it's Monday and you're listening to this, which is Memorial Day, that would be, it was on Patreon. If not, I'm putting this out there for free by Wednesday, so I'm going to try and get a couple of extra subs out of this, maybe. Tease you a little bit until the free podcast, or you could also play my game and just wait a couple of days, and you don't have to subscribe for five bucks a month. But if you do, I have a full-on podcast you can listen to where I post about four times a week, four podcasts, usually an hour long a week, and it's only five dollars a month. So go to Patreon.com/slash Tony Mazur, T-O-N-Y M-A-Z-U-R. I'm up on Locals too. I still haven't figured out how to do that, how to upload. I'm getting a lot of errors, so. I have to figure out what I can do to kind of expand my horizons here. That, yes, I'm on this free podcast, but I also have the Patreon. I also could go for different avenues, especially with Patreon sometimes shadow banning me from what I hear. Shadow banning my posts, retweeting and stopping things, and, you know, just not getting stuff out there, having problems with payment processing. Is my podcast really that bad? (laughs) Well, apparently some people have an issue with it, as I'm going to talk about in this podcast. But again, thank you everyone for listening and subscribing if you are. And if you're just subscribed for free and you get your podcast every Wednesday that comes out for the free version. Excuse me, I need to cough. If you hear some birds in the background, I've been doing these podcasts outside, and I kind of like it. I know it doesn't sound really radio type of professional, but we don't get a lot of these days in Ohio. And I understand it's Memorial Day. I'm recording this in the morning, May 30th. But I would rather be outside and have a couple of birds chirping and maybe a lawnmower than being cooped up inside in a when the it's outside cloudless blue sky. And it's already about 72 degrees recording this. It's going to be in the 90s today. So it's, uh yeah. So uh, this is a podcast that... He's been in the making for a little bit, and as you probably heard by that non-Don Henley version, since I can't really find Don Henley stuff on YouTube, of Dirty Laundry, I I think it's time to clear the air a little bit. And I've been very quiet, extremely quiet, uh, you know, un uh, un Tony-like quiet, because I'm somebody that I like to sound the alarm bells on certain things. I like to speak my mind on many topics. And it's really tough for me to sit around and stew for about seven to eight weeks about certain situations, certain things I can and cannot say. And it's not that I was necessarily under any kind of gag order, but I will say it, and I'll explain that in a little bit, but basically this podcast talks about my job situation and what ended up happening at my previous employer. And kind of the reason I didn't say anything was I was trying to be smart about it. I threw a couple of Easter eggs out there, but uh, I wanted to wait for all of my severance to drop into my bank account. And I got four paychecks, so I believe I'm done. Um, So I waited until then, and then I'm going to talk about what happened. But uh, yeah, so like I said, this is May 30th. So nearly two months ago, I had gotten let go from my previous employer. And if you look, if you're somebody who looks at the radio trades, the All Access, the Radio Inc., Radio Insight, you may have seen it by now. And if you're a bunch of, uh, and by the way, I'm going to use a couple of course, uh, a little course language in this podcast, and I'm going to say something right now. All you gossipy bitches 
in radio right now. This one's going out to you. This is kind of like a weird, this is a weird podcast because sometimes when Chad and I, Chad Zumach and I do our Mondays with Mazer, Tuesdays with Tony crossover podcast, is we kind of do like hints and nods and inside jokes and everything. But this podcast is basically, first of all, it's it's good for me because it's cathartic. I can finally talk about these things, these subjects without, I'm not going to say there's not going to be any pushback or repercussion or anything like that. I'm waiting for an email or a text message about when this goes out and what people are going to say. But mainly for me, for you folks to understand what's going on and tell my side of the story, and also for all the radio people who also heard one side of the story but not mine, who have not texted me, not asked me what was going on, not uh, kept in touch. They heard certain things and took them at, you know, face value. Or they just listened to what other people, instead of saying, hey, man, I heard something that happened to you. Is this true? Like, is there a look at a a gag order? Did somebody put out an email saying he's on a do not hire? Tony Mazur is on a do not hire list. Do not talk to him. Do not ask him about how he is. Do not do this or you will be threatened by your job or whatever the case. Haven't heard any of that. I don't, I, a lot of people, my peers in radio for the last 15 years, not liking my posts anymore, certainly not liking them and not commenting on them, not liking my tweets, not responding to me or retweeting me, not even looking at my Instagram or Facebook stories or Snapchat or anything like that. I've noticed these things, and I'm not a paranoid guy. I'm not somebody who's very paranoid in what's going on, so there's, there's something happening. And I want to clear the air, and I want to tell my side of the story here what happened. I'm going to bury the lead a little bit. I want to t- kind of tease a little bit as we, as, as I, as, I don't say we, because I mean, even though we, the collective, you folks who are listening, but <clears throat> I want it to, uh, to get my thoughts out properly. And I'm, and this is why I wanted to do it in the morning. I didn't want to do it later on when I can incriminate myself while I'm drinking or whatever, because I'm going to be drinking today. Trust me, it's Memorial Day and I'm going to do that. I've got a pool and I'm going to have a few adult beverages by the by the pool today some burgers and then hopefully pass out by about 7 45 p.m and i'm not playing audio clips today too so you might hear a couple of breaks of me i'm not i'm not editing anything i'm just posting it basically as is right now so i wanted to clear the air so for the last seven to eight weeks i have really not said anything i've just slowly taken my previous employer and things that I had kind of built up in my off my LinkedIn off of my social media pages but I haven't talked about it but I'm going to talk about today but I'm not uh, by the way also not going to mention names certain names uh, like people at the old employer I'm not even going to mention the name of the old employer or the call letters or the frequency or any of the employees or anything kind of adjacent I'll just refer to the format of what it is You can look it up if you're bored, if you're into sleuthing, or if you think you're into sleuthing, uh, you can go and check it out. It's all publicly available right now. This is my side of the story. But I'm going to bury the lead a little bit when I talk about it. So what am I doing now is I think the first thing I want to get out, then I'm going to do a compliment sandwich here with my previous employer here because I know they're listening. I know you are. Because that's what you do in radio, is you listen to these type of things. I know you. I've been in this business for 15 fucking years. I know who you people are. I know that word gets out on certain things and that they text each other. Like I said, gossipy bitches. That's what you are. 
you're bored, you have easy jobs, cushy jobs, some of you, some of you it's an easy job and you're also getting underpaid, but this podcast is also going out to you people. So what am I doing now? I'm not going to tell you what I'm, where I'm working. I mean, I'm sure if you really dug, you could probably find something, but I'm not telling you where I'm working, but I'm working, working every day, full time. And in fact, I will say this, uh, I have, I am looking to train to get my CDL, my commercial driver's license. And because that offers me an opportunity to do various things in the trade industry. Because, and it's funny uh, that I mention that because I look in the year of our Lord, 2020, and I tweeted at somebody, this was two years ago yesterday. So I said, I just want to unplug because this is all the madness going on with George Floyd and the riots and then COVID and everything. And I said, I just want to unplug, but I can't do it to my job. I would rather be a truck driver, a construction worker. And mainly the reason I say that is it's part of the trades. It's part of a business that is going to be around a little bit longer than radio. And no matter how many of you radio people who are listening right now that want to talk about, well, I understand that people listen to podcasts and people have uh, Spotify and, you know, they listen to, uh, yeah, but understand our radio audience is stronger. than I, I, I remember getting these emails of just like radio, 97% of people still listen to radio. First of all, I don't know where you're getting these statistics. Second of all, give it up, man. A lot of these crusty old radio people are sticking around for a couple of extra paychecks until retirement. They don't give a fuck about somebody my age or even younger in the business and what the business is going to look like. They don't care. They don't care at all. And but so, so the, what they'll do is they'll just lie to you and say, well, I understand that there's still... Yeah, I know there's people listening. <clears throat> you hear it in people where... You're going out to to your job. You're going out in at 9 o'clock, so it's about 8.20 in the morning, 8.30, you're going out to your car, and you hear a radio on in the background because there's roofers and there's snowplow drivers and truck drivers and everything. Yeah, they do listen because they don't have a Bluetooth hookup or an auxiliary cord or something where they can listen to whatever they want. They're like, wow, I could actually listen to my music and not have to listen to this bland rock station that plays Van Halen, Pink Floyd, and Ozzy every three songs. And it's just what it is. I mean, <clears throat> or listening to a morning show that's the same as it was, like Rover's Morning Glory, the last 20 years. So, yeah, there are people that still listen. They're called construction workers and old people. That's it. No one my age is... Li and when you try to design formats, this is my thing. It's like, well, we want to get more millennials listening. It ain't happening. Millennials are not listening to regular radio. It's not a good business to be a part of because your clientele, you're talking to people that the audience will literally die out. Not just dying out like figuratively. I mean, I'm talking about the literal sense. That's who's listening to regular radio right now. Old people. And no offense to them. Fine, go for it. But <clears throat> you're largely not seeing a lot of 30-somethings and especially 20, even teenagers listening to the radio. Teenagers weren't even raised with radio. Understand that. They were not. If you're 15 right now, you have never lived in society where there hasn't been YouTube, the iPhone, or even Facebook, MySpace. Twitter was about a year away from being around. 
Instagram was, what, 2009, 2010, something like that? So you don't remember life before these apps and this way of life and different and streaming and everything. There was one time Netflix used to actually be a DVD that you would get in the mail and you would have a subscription service. It wasn't this thing that you see on your TV and you put your smart TV on and you, you press the button, the TV goes on, you go, oh, I'm going to go to Netflix. Ooh, a Norm MacDonald special just came out today. It was just dropped. Can't wait to watch that. That was not Netflix. That was Netflix until, what, maybe 12, 13 years ago when they said, yeah, we should probably get into the streaming uh, business here. So, <clears throat> it's you're not going to get Gen Z to listen to radio. You're not going to get millennials to listen to radio. You're losing Gen X. So your your hope right now are baby boomers and the generation before, if they're still around. The slightly before World War II and the slightly after World War II generation. So you're talking about 60 to 80-year-olds is basically your business right now. My dad's age. You're talking to my father. My dad knows about podcasts. He listens to Dan Bongino's podcast. He listens to, uh, I, I've suggested, he listens to my podcast too, but I've suggested podcasts, but he will still listen to AM talk radio. My father's 60, 65 years old. He's in that demographic. That's what you're reaching out for. So whenever you hear any radio person, and yes, I'm talking to you again, radio people, we need to reach out to the millennials and Gen Z. Good luck. You, you got an uphill battle that you will not win. I'm just telling you that right now. Unless you can adjust and you haven't, because you've proven to yourselves over and over and over again, you're a business that cannot adjust to the times. You're always falling behind. You fell behind 20 plus years ago by not embracing the internet. You fell behind 40 years ago by not embracing MTV. Instead, you wanted to fight it. Oh, I don't like this MTV. I don't like Boy George and the Eurythmics that are on there. We're going to rock. Well, what happened? MTV is still around, and you're irrelevant right now. And you will continue to be irrelevant. And even if MTV doesn't even play music anymore, they're still relevant 40-plus years later, and you are not. So radio is a bad business to be a part of. Anybody who comes up to me, I always say, I give two. If you want to get into the world of broadcasting, I tell them there's two things you should do. Start a podcast, even if nobody's listening to it. Even if it has no reach, if it's just you and a microphone, you get to hear yourself and talk to yourself. And the other is to cover high school football. You may not care for it, but you know who does? Those boomers that still listen to radio, they still listen, they still pay attention, they still, sometimes they might have a, God forbid, might have a Facebook and want to see what the, you know, your the, the Devils versus the Tigers did last night in the football game, that they weren't able to make it. What happened? So cover high school football. That's my that's my helpful hint. But other than that, you want to get into radio like what I was doing? I'm too young for the industry. I've been chewed up and basically spit out of the industry twice right now. Um, so that's my little soliloquy on that. But uh, here's my compliment sandwich. I'll say this. I, I, I will start with a compliment at my previous employer. So back in 2015, I had gotten hired at that place. And I was surprised, either they didn't do enough research on me and my caustic tweets and you know, my behavior, which is really not that bad. And also it was a different time. They were talking between January and April of 2015. Much different society than it is today. 
as far as people getting offended, people, yes, even in those days, it was still different seven years ago. Because before then, I had worked over at a, a, a sports station in Cleveland, and I did a bunch of other podcasting and streaming stuff and internet radio. That was a thing, internet radio. There were two things they thought were going to take off 15 years ago. was HD2 and internet radio. Internet radio just basically turned into streaming, which was also podcasting, and HD2, nobody. It's the stations between the stations. Wow. That's because that's what you want to hear. Stations in between the stations. It's like, you know, we're a, we play Ozzy and Pink Floyd and Van Halen, but in between the stations, we play a little more Ozzy and Pink Floyd and Van Halen. Ugh. Enough. Enough. And that's the other thing with radio. One of the problems is it's the, the repetition, and they don't understand that people have left radio because of them. Not because they found a different option. It's because they found a different option because of them. They don't understand that. This is what radio people have told me for years by saying, okay, you're in the studio. You may be sick of hearing Free Falling by Tom Petty, but if you're sick of it, it means the audience just wants it more. Bullshit. Bullshit. The audience does not want to hear it more. They want to hear a little... I would think an audience would want to hear a little bit more of... Uh, because they... Radio people still operate like it's 1987 still. That if it's a song they don't immediately recognize, they're going to turn off the station and never turn it back on. That was always their mindset was like, no, no, we can't play one dud on the station. If we play any duds or try to experiment, we're doing it at three in the morning when people are, you know, they're asleep and the audience is limited. But if you're in drive time, we need to have the hits. They hit the P1s, the this and that. And it's like we need to hit the, uh, the, uh, the gold category. We need to hit that. Like this is what people want to hear. They want to hear Panama for the 872nd thousandth time <laughs> in their lives. I mean, for Christ's sake, people have gone elsewhere because of that. I've listened to rock stations. I've listened to pop stations where you're going to hear the same thing an hour from now. And I mean the same song, the same artist. It's just, well, our statistics show that a lot of people enjoy listening to Linkin Park, so we need to play Linkin Park once an hour, every 55 minutes. Yeah, okay, yeah, no, no, I would prefer not to. I would prefer not to. <clears throat> so, again, compliment sandwich here. So, after working in radio in Cleveland a little bit, and they didn't like me up there, I'm kind of seeing a pattern right now. That, you know, and you're somebody who likes to speak their mind a bit, whether it's on social media or in private meetings or public meetings or on the air. They don't like when people, you know, have a mind for themselves and kind of speak for themselves and not just kiss ass all the time. That's the problem with radio now is that it's not a business of getting in because you're creative and because you are looking to be competitive and go to war against the other stations and try to be the number one station, number one time slot. They don't want to do that anymore. All it is is you have to kiss your boss's ass so you could stay on the air. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say fuck all y'all and 
you know, middle fingers, guns ablazing. No, I'm not going to do that. But I'm also not going to kiss your ass. There's a happy medium, believe it or not, where I can say, yeah, I'll be a team player. I'll be a good employee. But I'm not I'm not just going to sit down there and suck your dick and kiss your kiss your brown eye. It's just not going to happen, man. <clears throat> and if that means that, okay, well, you just told yourself you don't want to work in radio. Fine. Fine. I'm done then. I'm done. I mean, if that's the business, if that's what it's going to be, then so be it. Because I don't, I just don't want that to be my, I'm not going to compromise my beliefs, my values, my integrity. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to sell myself short and sell myself out. Just so I can, what, make a, make $20,000 a year in radio? You know, what the fuck is that? Seriously. Ugh. But again. Compliments. I got to start with compliments here before I start shitting on everything. So the compliment was that they did take a chance on me and they gave me opportunities to grow as opposed to if I worked at an iHeart, if I worked at a CBS radio at the time, which was bought by Entercom, which is now called Odyssey. If I worked for Salem Communications or if I worked for uh, Town Square Media or some of these other big radio companies that are still around for whatever reason mainly in small markets. And they wouldn't, if I worked for iHeart, I wouldn't get that opportunity. If I didn't get let go at 92.3 The Fan on September 24th of 2013, I would still be there. I might make an extra dollar an hour as a board up, but they wouldn't have given me an opportunity. Uh, there would have been zero opportunity for me to grow. Like, could I do updates? Could I be a fill-in host on the weekends? No, you're a board up. You'll always be a board up. You're not talented enough. You're not good enough. Without giving an opportunity for maybe I am good enough. Maybe I'm good for this format. And yet, they're not. It, they, they didn't want that. So if I were still there nine years later, I would still be doing the same thing. And probably, instead of making $10 an hour, I might make $11 an hour. So, wow. Boy, that... Uh, that extra $5 I'm going to make per shift, I, I tell you, is going to go a long way when I get the... That's basically a Red Bull. <laughs> mm. After taxes, of course. So, in that time between 2013, that basically year and a half, I worked at the Christmas Story House. I was a DJ. I was with Radio Disney until Radio Disney went under in 2014. I worked for a radio software company. At the time, it was called LDR. LDR Interactive Listener Driven Radio, which is now called Futuri Media. It was actually, they renamed it Futuri the week I got let go there. Now, I actually didn't get let go for salacious reasons. They just cut their part time staff, and I was part time. And they cut me out, and I'm like, okay, so you're, this isn't anything I did. This is just you cut the staff, and yes, that's right. Okay, can I get that in writing, please? So I was applying for different jobs, and I found the one where uh, that I was at for the last seven years, the radio company. And I went in for an interview for uh, the afternoon sports show producer. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, now, in, in fairness to both those guys that were hosting the show, because uh, one of them actually still worked, he was brought back to the station. By the way, this podcast is going to ensure that I will never be brought back to that station. Um, and then the other, the other guy who's uh, on... WTAM. I, I, I like those guys. I do really like those guys. It just was not a good show. Um, and I'll, I'll get into that more in a little bit. <clears throat> so 
but I was going for their producer and talking to them and what, what we can do. And so I get an email from one of the bosses that said, uh, hey, we're going to promote from within for the afternoon sports show, but we have an opening for morning drive on our AM station. I said, do I really want to work in AM radio again? I'm like, yeah, you know what? Let's do it. Oh, it's my, another opportunity to be back in radio. And I still had the bug. This was, It's kind of like with coaching, where why would – well, maybe John Gruden's maybe not a very good example of that, but why would somebody like Buck Showalter, who had been re- basically retired for the last couple of years, come out of retirement or just come back after years of not being uh, managing a team, all of a sudden managing the New York Mets right now? Why would he want to do that? Because he has the bug, and I had the radio bug. It never went away. I would just felt like I'm probably never going to work in this industry again, but you know what? It's worth another shot. And sure enough, I got it. I got that shot. Um, so they hired me and I started in April of 2015 and I grew a little bit with that company, even though if I wasn't getting paid a lot more, um, but not only was I the morning show producer, but I was also the morning show fill in co-host or I was the co-host, but I was the fill in host when the host would go on vacation or wouldn't be able to make it. And I did that from 2016 all the way to 2020. And in that time, I also hosted the Midday Show. I also hosted Afternoon Drive. I also did weekend producing, weekend hosting. I did some promotional stuff. I I did a lot for that company, and I did a lot for that station. And to the point where in 2019, I ended up, because I I was starting to add a little bit more duties of what I can do, and our production guy actually left the station, left the company. So I was essentially the production guy. So I, I did I did essentially everything but sales at the whole station, at the company. And I was it promoted in June of 2019 to assistant program director, which meant an extra $80 per paycheck, which you go, oh, it's $80. Like $80 a paycheck, that's, that's nothing. But it's something, but it's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing, but it's something. So I couldn't haggle. It's like either that or then I make what I was before. So whatever. But I had that opportunity, and I honestly had no problem with the station. I had no problem with the people and the company and anything like that until 2020 happened. And I don't know if you remember the year 2020. It's quite a year. Mm. So in 2020, the station I was working on, it was on an AM station. We had what's called an FM translator which means it's essentially an extension of what you do on AM, but you have it on a small, barely heard, static-driven FM signal. So that's why if you ever hear your uh, station that's an AM station that also has a translator, they'll say, you know, uh, WTON, 1480 AM and point. Nine FM, and then they give their call letters. It's W T S B dollar sign Q for another Q, and you go, oh, like what does that mean? It's like, oh, that's a translator. Okay, I got you. But that's for the legalese. That's for the legal ID. And so we were a part of that. And then when the midday show, the host of the midday show, was leaving for another job, and he said, I, I'm getting a job at a local college to run their radio station. I said, okay. This could be my opportunity to get my own show now. Because I, 
as much as I liked being a, a fill-in host of a show and host actually hosting a show, it wasn't my show. Like what I'm doing with this podcast, I'm producing it. I book the guests. I have the accounts in order to get it in the back end for the podcast. I'm the one who hosts it. I produce my own content, except for Becky. Becky sends me a bunch of things too. And my buddy Bruce does as well. But everybody else, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's me. It's solely me. And that's what I'm thinking like, huh, as we head from 2019 into 2020 and he's leaving, there could be a chance that, I mean, I've been around for a little bit. In fact, I'm about six months older than the guy and I've been in radio longer. Maybe this is my opportunity where I get the Tony Mazur show on Insert Station. This could happen, right? No, didn't happen. That was kind of, that, that was the first of many red flags that started here. And it was, no, we're not doing that. What we're going to do is change the format. So we're going to keep the morning show, but we're going to start you guys even earlier. So instead of 6 to 10, it's going to be 5.30. So now i got to get there like 4.30 or 4 o'clock or whatever, however long it's going to take to produce a show. And uh, not going to pay you more, but you'll be done at 9 o'clock. Okay, great. So what are we doing at 9? Okay, so we're firing the afternoon sports show because it's drawing Blutarski ratings. Zero point zero got no ratings at all and again no offense to those guys but they had no ratings so they were going to get let go so what we're going to do is we're going to turn this into a soft hits station not soft tits soft hits so like billy joel and elton john and billy ocean that that kind of format I, I like it. It's a very yacht rock heavy too. I mean, it's, I, you know, you know me. I love yacht rock, but uh, a full service station on a very small FM band, and the AM station doesn't really re have much of a reach either. And you're gonna tell me we're gonna do a morning show that's all like guest heavy and inter like a lot of interviews, and a then we're gonna pull the break cable at nine o'clock and then play elevator music essentially. And then we're going to pull another break cable again when the sports teams play at 7 o'clock or 6.30 when the pregame show starts. You're going to tell me that that's what we're going to do? What you, again, 1987. Maybe in 1987 you can get away with that. Not in 2020. January of 2020. And so what we did in the morning show was, hey, what, because we have music now, we have an opportunity to kind of go with more topic-driven stuff because we realize we have a lot more females listening to us. So we started experimenting that through February and into March of 2020. And then something happened in mid-March. Something like a pandemic of some sort started. And then the break cable not only was pulled again, but it was ripped off to the point where the morning show that I produce... By the way, I'm now at this point banned from hosting the morning show now. Now, I don't know if it's because of things I've said... I don't know if it's because they didn't think I was good enough for it or if they just wanted the female news person because we have a strong female. Because that's one thing that women like is listening to other women. <laughs> this is when you know you have guys running a company is that they think women want to hear more women. No, they, it, that's not really always the case. It's kind of kind of not really the case here always. That's um, why the most successful talk show hosts are usually male. And it's not because of sexism. It's because of preference. So we decided instead of doing topic-driven stuff, we have a pandemic now, and we need hard, hard, hard news. I mean, it, the morning show turned into NPR. 
It was it was full on NPR style, and I hated it because we're on the air talking about wear your masks, do this and that, shut your business down, <clears throat> and this is where it got really, 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 really bad for me, because. I'm somebody, as a lot of you who know me personally know, I like to do things. I don't like to sit at home on the couch. I'm not Netflix guy. I'm not sits around all day uh, or, or like even before the pandemic, the water cooler talk about like, oh, what shows are you watching? I'm not watching any shows. I don't care about TV. We really care that much about what shows. Like, what year is this? Is this 1965 that we all have to, hey, did you watch Green Acres last night? It's like, no, I was watching Laughing. Rowan and Martin's laughing. It's like, what about you? It's like, yeah, I was listening, watching laughing too. Because you go, if everybody was talking about it the next day, because there were three channels, you were missing something. You were missing out. No, I was reading a book. No, I was doing something with my life. I had dinner with my family. Instead, we all have to talk about what shows. It's like, are you watching The Mandalorian? It's like, yeah, I was watching that. It's like, no, I don't care about shows. I don't care about that kind of stuff. So then, tack on the pandemic, and things shut down. And what are the things that make me happy that I enjoyed doing at that time was I went to church every Sunday. I would go to the gym and uh, I, you know, and then I would like to go to concerts, comedy shows. I like to do those kind of things, you know, go out and about, spend a couple of bucks, help a local business. Instead, we shut all that down. And not only did we shut it down, my station and my company advocated for shutdowns. And I was pissed off about it. And I had a massive blow up, both on the air and off the air, with my boss slash host of the show is producing. Because I said, I don't, I, we, it seems like we are not factoring the mental health aspect of this. The people who had their businesses may have started something in 2019 because the, the economy is going, growing pretty well and things were going great. People had more money. Gas prices were fairly down. There wasn't inflation. There wasn't any of that going on. It was just orange man bad was the only thing that people were upset about. And then all of a sudden you shut everything down. And I'm like, we're not factoring in the mental health aspect of this. And the, the fact that we're on the air advocating for business closures and social distancing and mask wearing and stay home, stay safe, stay home, stay safe, stay home, stay safe. And I said, what about the people who are sitting sitting around listening to us right now who do not have a job, who had one last week, now is shut down, and we're on the air with our cushy jobs who still can afford to pay our bills, keep a roof over our head, food on the table for our families, yet we're the ones on the air looking down our glasses at the end of our noses going like, you people should really stay home. We're, we're in a pandemic. This isn't politics. It's a pandemic. Wow. Good job. Way to be elitist as fuck, man. And I hated that. And the two things I heard, this this pissed me off too, was the attitude about it. Was the, it was, uh, well, you can always drive for Amazon. And then the other one is Domino's is hiring. Like, do you listen to how out of touch elitist you sound because of that? But that wasn't even, that wasn't even the worst thing. Then a couple of months later was the George Floyd stuff. And this one went across, went against my values here. It's one thing, okay, sure, you know, you want to, we shut the company down and have all, you know, like the, the sales staff promotions. I went in every morning. I went in, I never missed a day. Never missed a day with COVID, nothing like that. 
I went in every single day. Well, there were people who were in the promotions and sales staff who did not go in one day between March 15th of 2020. Maybe it was March 13th, actually. And like October of 21. So it was a year and a half before anybody even went back to the office. Mm. So, but I went in every day. But it, it wasn't even just that. That bothered me. But this bothered me worse because it went against my values, which was June 2nd, 2020, was what was called Blackout Tuesday. What is Blackout Tuesday? Blackout Tuesday was a, uh, it, it was in solidarity. This was, it was guilty white people got together on social media with, uh, it could be just your, your friend who lives down the street all the way to, you know, your corporate Mercedes Benz or, uh, planners peanuts and Nabisco and everything like that that would put a black square on their Facebook, their Twitter, and their Instagram page saying that we are going to black out our post today. We're not going to post today because this is in solidarity of George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. George Floyd, by the way, was a fentanyl addict who was a career criminal, who was a deadbeat father. And when I say a career criminal, I'm talking about that, you know, when you talk about, oh, what a father, he was a father. Yeah, what he did is he once pointed the gun, his gun, into the pregnant belly of a woman during a home invasion. And by the way, OD'd on fentanyl, not once, but twice. And one time they actually had to pump his stomach and, and take care of that. And by the way, Derek Chauvin, oh, his knee on his neck and, and murdered him. Eh, eh. There was no broken vertebrae. There was no asphyxiation that happened. It was a fentanyl overdose that George Floyd had. And Derek Chauvin was just happened to be around, but whatever. And Black Lives Matter is, a, is an extortion organization. It extorted. It's a Marxist extortion racket. I knew this in 2013, 2014, 2015. And by 2020, they these guilty white companies, and one of them was what I was dealing with at the time, basically cucked and simped for them, using those terminology, lack of a better term. And my company did that. Our promotions girl sent out an email saying, outside of the morning shows, we are putting black squares on all of our Facebook and social media pages, everything like that. So we can you please refrain from posting today because today is Blackout Tuesday. And I'm thinking to myself, this isn't just her. This was run up the flagpole. This goes against my values right now. You have now crossed over because, again, Black Lives Matter is a racist, Marxist, in my opinion, terrorist organization and here we are a company from akron ohio that is supporting this i said that is bullshit and i was so i was livid that entire day because of it I didn't say anything because i don't want to look like a racist oh, how dare you instead all you're doing is i mean do you really think they even care <laughs> no but they did so because it looks good for the public records it looks go look we supported black lives matter Again, it's an extortion racket. That's what it was. They're out by they're, they took your guilty white money and bought mansions. What are you gonna do about it? You did nothing. And that went against my values. And then also what came against my values was going into twenty one was that there was essentially a vaccine mandate at work. Now they never specifically said get uh, get vaccinated or you will be fired. 
Why was that? Because radio, just and that, that company in particular, was so just subservient of the government, of what uh, of the propaganda, because that's all we were doing in 2020 was Mike DeWine, the governor, was posting this and DeWine with DeWine and this and that. And it was always and then we would hear from Mike DeWine. I'm like, hey, can we hear from somebody who's like Jim Renacy or somebody who's against a lot of these lockdowns and mandates and OSHA mandates and this and that? And they're like, no, they're too rah-rah pro-Trump. Oh, 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 so it is political. So you said this p- pandemic wasn't political. You've just now made a political. You have now made a political statement by saying we're not booking anybody who goes against the government right now. We're not booking anybody who's against the lockdowns, who's against the mandates. You have now made a political statement because of that. And that pissed me off even further. And by doing the vaccine stuff, like, Tony, we want to know what your vaccine status is. And I said, I have an appointment on May 1st. That's all I said. That's all I said. And, but that went against my values too. You're going to force a vaccine and unproven it. By the way, they're now saying about 12% that the vac and, and wears off after a couple of weeks. So it's essentially these vaccines that you all in February, February and March couldn't wait to roll the sleeves up your arm and get, get a poke in your arm, get a little prick stuck in your bicep. You could not wait to do that. And oh, by the way, all of you got COVID. You got Delta. You got Omicron. It all happened. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hilarious pandemic of the unvaccinated and telling people on the air to go get vaccinated. No, that's not our job. That that goes against all journalistic integrity. I don't care what your local TV or radio or newspaper was doing that. It goes against journalistic integrity. You don't tell people, especially for something that is not proven and is not working and has proven to have not worked. You can't go on the air and tell people that. That was the that was the little CDC workaround is that they can't have all these vaccine commercials and stuff because just like all the other drugs they put on the market, uh, there's a lot of warning signs that could happen. So if you just tell, you know, throw out the propaganda. So that's what really started pissing me off about what happened. And it it went against my values. And everybody there at that company went lockstep because they were afraid of losing their jobs. Because that's all radio is. It's afraid of losing your fucking job. Boy, I'm already at 43 minutes right now. Um, and I haven't even gotten to it. So I'm, I buried the lead long enough right now. I just wanted to lead up into that. So if you wanted to fast forward, go ahead. Fast forward. Okay, all of a sudden you're here about halfway through the podcast now. So let me tell you what happened. Why well, I got let go at the station. Well, leading up to it. So I, I through 21, I was working at the AM station. And I heard that there was a possibility of an opening for program director or to do something at the alternative station. Now, the alternative station used to be a smooth jazz station for the last decade or so. And it was a classic smooth jazz station for a while. became what's called a triple A station, adult album alternative or whatever. And that was, uh, that was like a couple of years from like 2009 to 2011. The company I worked for at the time bought the station in 2011, reverted back to smooth jazz, and did so all the way up until 2020 till the Christmas season 2019 into 20 and wanted to do a modern alternative rock station because, and they, uh, I'm not, I'm not even going to say, I'm not, again, I'm not going to say what 
the station was because it kind of gives it away, but their target audience was to target millennials, target Gen Y. That's all I'm going to say. We're going to target Gen Y. Here's the problem. Now, the, obviously COVID, so you couldn't go to concerts, but it was also mismanaged. And also the big, big factor was nobody, it, it wasn't promoted properly, but also no one cares about new alternative music. And if they do, they're, they're going on Spotify to listen to it. They're not going to regular radio. So the station had been floundering for about a year and a half. <clears throat> and there were situations with a couple of the managers and people in place that were, I'm, I'm not going to, won't get into that, but they had gotten let go. So they needed something to save the format for the time being. And they looked and they said, well, what's the target demographic? And the target demographic is some, for alt, regular alternative would probably be somebody in their early to mid-30s right now. Well, who works at the, at the company who's in their early to mid-30s who actually knows this music? Hey, how about that guy who's working on the AM station for the last six and a half years? Why don't we ask him? He might know a couple of those songs. So I was asked, I said, what, what can we do to make the station better? And I said, old music, older music. You, if you're an alternative station, you have to play Nirvana, Pearl Jam, uh, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. You can't play Imagine Dragons and Coldplay every five songs and thinking, oh, because wine moms and their kids playing on their iPads while they're dr driving a minivan or an SUV, that that's what they listen to. It's like, no, if you want actual music fans and people to listen, you need to have a mix. You have, You need to play your... Old Weezers. Nobody cares about New Weezer. Nobody cares about New Foo Fighters. They want old Foo Fighters. Play Old Weezer. It has to be Blue Album Weezer, not all my favorite songs that make me sad. No one likes that. <laughs> I don't even think Weezer likes it. Rivers Cuomo doesn't even like that. New Foo Fighters, pre-Taylor Hawkins, nobody likes that either. It's amazing. But here we are. So they said, well, what's it going to take? And I so I told them. So in early January, I asked them, like, hey, it, just wondering, because all through Christmas and talking about it and having a possibility that I could become the program director of this new, sort of new and or at least rebranded station. And I, because of my insight, but it wasn't necessarily my insight. It was just, we need this second opinion by somebody because we can't just run the station. So in early to mid-January, I started going into these meetings and basically it was a foregone conclusion that I was going to be promoted to program director. Now, this is a job that I had always wanted in radio. It's more, more than just being an on-air. I wanted to be a program director. I wanted to be somebody who has the keys to a radio station and kind of go through my decision-making that the bosses, the, all the programmers at the station or at the company would have me, uh, would trust me that I can have the station in good hands because I, I know the format, I know the music, I know the promotions, I know the target demographic and the target audience and what we need to go after as far as sales, as far as promotion, and just as far as music in general. And that was me because I know that format. But I also know about Cleveland's format. They're not really into the alternative stuff. Cleveland's a rock town. And I wanted a more, if, if it were up to me and I were doing alternative, I would have it more of like an active rock alternative as opposed to playing a lot of this synthesizer and um, I, I just, I really didn't like it. I, I, I'm Call me old school, but I kind of like rock music with um, 
I, I don't know, guitars and actual drums and not drum machines and a bass guitar and basically that's it. I don't need all this other garbage. <laughs> so we uh so it, it was trusted in me that okay, hey, let's do this. And so I became program director of this rebranded alternative radio station. And almost from the get-go, I started getting a little bit of pushback on things that I wanted to add and things I wanted to do. And I, I understand when you're a brand new program, I'd never been a PD before. I mean, not on regular radio. I've done it for a internet station, but being an actual program director in a top 35 market, or top 40 market, I should say, I think Cleveland might be at 36 now, is it's it can be it can be intimidating but i'm somebody that i want to put out a the best radio station in the country i'm still of the old school belief of we don't go to work we go to war and my goal is to find as a rock program director is to find holes in programming throughout the market so i look in cleveland and cleveland's nearest big city is akron then you have canton you have other big cities like Lorraine, Menor, Lorraine on the west side, Menor on the east side. You have Medina. You can possibly, depending on how the format and the direction of the signal and the transmitter, go down to Medina. Could go as far east as Youngstown. Who knows? Far west as Sandusky, maybe nearly towards Toledo, depending on the day, I guess. And... I'm somebody that I wanted to, to diagnose the holes in what isn't being played on the other stations, on WMMS, on Rock 106.9 or Rock 107, or whatever they're calling it nowadays, and other stations that might play similar crossover music. And I'm like, it's, I think it's fine to crossover, and I think it's also fine to exploit their weaknesses while they're talking, we're rocking. That kind of mindset. And what songs are being played on our station that they're not playing, and what songs they're playing that we're not playing, and why aren't we playing that? So, and looking at the DJs, looking at the shows, looking at everything across the market is what I wanted to do. I also wanted to add features, and I also wanted to kind of dig into the toy box a little bit. I understand you're going to play as an alternative station. You're going to play your share of Black Keys music, especially based on where they're from. And you're playing whatever is very popular, the White Stripes or Jack White, I should say. Uh, Muse is another big one. Um, unfortunately, I understand about Imagine Dragons, but what bothered me is when I started talking about the amount of Imagine Dragons and being kind of undermined at my position. And again, I understand fairly new radio station with a new program director who hasn't done this. It's an uphill battle, but I was willing. I was willing to go for it. Until the fact that I realized that my job was essentially compromised from the beginning. That I was the program director, but I wasn't really programming it. I wasn't, it was the consultant. So there was a consultant. And for people who know about any type of business, but especially radio, is that there are these people called consultants. And they're hired in there to consult. They're there to consult, to try to figure out, hey, you guys are doing this. You're doing this pretty well. You need to tighten this up. You need to do this much better. Your staff is doing this, and you probably need to start doing that. A couple of suggestions is fine. But weekly, and I mean several times a week, being micromanaged by a consultant? Dude, you're not the program director. You're the consultant. 
you just have a, too much of a cushy relationship with the company. That you've had a cushy relationship with them for a number of years. Let us do our thing. Go away. And I know, again, I know you're listening too. The consultant probably is right now. Go away. I know what I'm doing. And apparently he didn't think I did because I wasn't looking at it through radio terminology. And there was one day about a couple of weeks before I had been let go that I had a Zoom meeting with a couple of people in the staff, a couple of uh, my higher ups and one or one of the higher ups and one of and the consultant. And I I think I offended them in the meeting because I said I, I went through our system. I went through our automation and I saw that we play twice, maybe even more than twice as many Imagine Dragon songs as we do Pearl Jam. People don't want to hear Imagine Dragons. There's, Imagine Dragons is music for people who don't like music. It's background noise. It's office music. It's dentist office music. You know when the when the dentist is or, or the you know the, the the helper or I don't know what the consultant or whatever you're, is cleaning your teeth. So how's everything been? How's work been? Say oh, work's been okay. <laughs> Like, oh, okay, uh, all right, spit, please. Psst. What's on the background is usually just background music, and it's usually Imagine Dragons. Lightning and a thunder, thunder and a thunder. Nobody likes that. Or it's Uber music, where the Uber driver, who's probably foreign, just puts a, a radio station on, and so you can get from this bar to this bar, or this bar to home. And they just put something on because it's better than silence. Or it's you're at Walgreens. That's it. That's Imagine Dragons, Coldplay, Nickelback. These are all just Daughtry in a lot of ways, background music. Just because it's popular doesn't mean people like it, believe it or not. And I, I was kind of fighting tooth and nail about that. I said, the fact that we have... And these are dud songs. I can understand... If you're an alternative station that plays newer music to play Radioactive, maybe their new song, and, um, oh, uh, is it that it's time to begin? Okay, I can see that. So maybe three or four songs. Yet I had pushback when I would play Rise Against. Rise Against only had one song because that's what our consultant, that's what our programmers say, that Rise Against had Savior and that was the only song that charted. That's not true. It's just you don't think it. So we're, again, we're playing 20 Imagine Dragons songs, but you think, here's the other thing. I'm biased. Queens of Stone Age is my favorite band. Queens of Stone Age only had one song. No, they didn't. I know this. I listened to a lot of radio back in the day, and there were a lot of... And I listened to top 10 at the end of the year, and sometimes Queens of the Stone Age would have a couple of top 10 songs at the end of the year. You're going to tell me they only had uh, No One Knows? That was their only song. You're Really? You're going to tell me that? That's bullshit. You're going to tell me Little Sister was a big song. Go With The Flow was a big song. Um... You can even throw in Lost Art of Keeping a Secret. You can throw in 666. You can throw in uh, what they had in the last uh, 10 years now. They had a couple of big songs that, that were popular on alternative radio. It, gone. Forget about it. They only had one song. That's bullshit, dude. 
if you want to run it, and, and this is what I was told here. This is this is hilarious, and this is when I knew that if I wasn't going to get fired for this thing that's that I'm going to mention here in a few minutes, I know I've buried the lead for an hour, but if I wasn't going to get fired for this, it was going to be something like this down the road that I could probably be talking to you and also be unemployed, but for this. As I said, this is why the last format didn't work. This is why the last format did not work. Because we were doing this. And they told me, they said, so you're going to tell me that you know, you, new program director, know more about what the people want than all of this consultants and all the radio people and everybody who's working in the trades and working for uh, all of these, uh, for media base and all access. You're going to tell me you know more about what is going on there in the, in the business than they do. And I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do. Absolutely. Absolutely do. I know more about it than they do. Because they are the reason people stopped listening to you. At least I can have an opportunity. Give me an opportunity to cultivate some of those listeners and make them come back and stick around. Yeah. Kind of funny how that works, is that you want to keep an audience. Because other than that, uh, what are you going to do? You're fucked, man. You are fucked. Instead, they're right. I'm wrong. Hmm. 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 All right. Well, then go for it. Let's see what happens when you keep playing Imagine Dragons and you keep playing Coldplay and how people are like, God, we, I remember getting Facebook messages and text messages from people, from listeners that say, you guys must really like Imagine Dragons. And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm just, I have no choice. And that's the thing is, I had no choice at that station. So as much as I was program director, I was basically hired to do what the consultant wanted. It was basically, it was the consultant was the program director, and I was there collecting a paycheck for a mediocre station. And one thing about me is, I don't like mediocre. I don't, I, if I'm running something, I want my name attached to it, I want it to be great. I want, to, I want to be able to listen to it. I want it to be a great station. I don't want mediocre. I don't want to sit there and cash a paycheck for two decades, two more decades, or whatever how long radio is going to last, or this station. This station may not be around a year from now. Who knows? I don't want to sit there and just cash paychecks and just go like, oh, they just got to do this. If I'm in this business, I'm in this business to win, not to just sit around, not to just wade in the water. I want to swim. But, so April 7th was the last day I worked at that company. And in that time, by the way, I had had an appendix removed. Before then, it was a week and a half before, I was in Columbus, Ohio. I thought I had food poisoning playing in a softball tournament. And instead, it was a ruptured appendix. <coughs> My appendix ruptured. I had no idea what it was. I mean, is it kidney stones? Is it, uh, do I have like some bowel obstruction? What is going on? Is it just diarrhea? Could I have E. coli? No, it was a ruptured appendix. It burst over that weekend and they had to get me taken care of on Monday, which was uh, Monday the 29th of March. So I, I still went to work, had my full shift that day and I had to leave and go to, go to the doctor, go to the urgent care. And they sent me to the hospital. I got it removed that day. And I was in the hospital up until Wednesday. 
took another day off to recover and then came back Friday, which was April 1st. And while I was in the hospital, I had back in February recorded a podcast with my good pal, comedian Gino Bisconti. And we did a three-part podcast because at the time, they were he and Aaron Berg and Anthony Cumia, Pat Dixon, they were all going to come to the Funny Stop, my comedy uh, home comedy club for a Comedians of the Compound from Compound Media. And so I wanted to have Gino on just before then to promote the gigs and put on my podcast. Well, in that time, Aaron had some health issues and had to cancel that weekend. So we kind of promoted a gig that never happened, but we talked about a bunch of other things. So what I did is we, we talked for two and a half hours. I'll have half, you know, for one hour will be this week. The next hour will be next week. But then I'm going to put a half hour podcast of a Patreon only. So behind a paywall podcast. And I'm going to do that. And we can kind of get into controversial topics, whatever we wanted to talk about. And especially we had a couple of drinks and, you know, it was, it was a good time. So I had already posted the first two on my Patreon. And then I think one went out for free on my free podcast. And then the next one was a couple of weeks later. I kind of spread them out a little bit after the gig didn't happen. <clears throat> um, and so I had in advance scheduled that and it was to go out on uh, March 30th, the the third podcast, the controversial podcast with Gino, again, behind a paywall, meaning I don't have a ton of subscribers. So it means that there was only a couple of people, a, a small minute amount of people would be able to listen to it as opposed to the potential for more people who aren't subscribed and pay me to listen to that. So that was on March 30th. I was in the hospital when that podcast was released. Um, and it never went out for free, never went out anywhere. So Friday, April 1st, I get back, first day back, and then the next Monday, which was the 4th, I had to go back to the hospital because I had kidney stones. I didn't know it. I, they said if you have any complications after surgery, you could have an abscess, you could have some kind of infection, go back. And I had this massive, unbearable pain. And I had to go back in there, and it was kidney stones. So they had to give me some morphine and some oxy, and... That was a couple of days and had to take some Flomax and everything to try to loosen the stone. So, um, after that, that week, I came, I was back in work the next day. And then the day after, Wednesday, April 6th, I get a, I get a, an email from somebody at one of my higher ups at the radio station, at the company, said that there is a problematic podcast that was released on March 30th where there were racial slurs that were being used in it, which include one of them was the N-word, another was monkey, and another was coon. I'm like, okay, and it was titled Race Wars. So I went back and looked, and I did not find, not even that day or any day, that there was a podcast called Race Wars. None of it. But I went back, and I'm like, okay, I said I had one that was talking about the mask wars from 2021 when they were starting to drop mask mandates everywhere. But I had never had one that was called race wars. And I'm like, I'm assuming that they're talking about this podcast. And the use of the N-word was being used with my pal Gino Bisconti, who's a controversial New York comic who takes things to certain levels. 
and the use of the n-word was being used in the quote of a of a joke not saying like these goddamn n-words are just this and this and this it was in the there, there were contexts remember we talk about joe rogan you talk about blazing saddles anything like that it was in that context then the use of the word monkey Gino performs at a bar slash comedy club in New York City called Three Monkeys. You can look it up. It's on Google. It's on Google Maps or Apple Maps, whatever you want to look at. Three Monkeys Comedy Club. Actually, I'm going to look it up right now. I want to see the address. Three Monkeys, New York. Yep, the Three Monkeys, 236, 236 West 54th Street, New York, New York, 10019. Closed today, though on Memorial Day. Three monkeys. That's when it was used. And then the use of the word coon was brought up. Now, why would coon be brought up? Now, again, in context, we were talking about Colin Kaepernick and that how the impact of not supporting somebody like Colin Kaepernick or what he was going through from 2016 into 2018, all the way to the present day now, that if you're a black person, who does not support Black Lives Matter and that movement and what Colin Kaepernick uh, is doing is known as a coon by their own people. I'm not going to say the the other C word. That that it's in the context of what we're talking about. So it's not like we just started going up there and just spouting racial slurs. But here's the other thing is it's behind a paywall. Also, again, my mental status at that time, my grandma died the day after, and I was probably angry about certain things, but I also know in the throes of whatever I'm going through, to not, I, I, I know not to take things to a certain level that could be that misinterpreted, but it was. Now, again, I keep saying behind a paywall, because it is Patreon. Because I have, by the way, on the Patreon, have used the N-word on my Patreon in context. Back in 2021, in the summer, there was controversy at a Colorado Rockies-Miami Marlins game at Coors Field in Denver where, um, uh, uh, I guess, a hot mic near the field picked up on a gentleman yelling something that people thought was the N-word. And including the broadcast booth and the Colorado Rockies organization and a bunch of left-wing morons on social media said, I can't believe somebody would yell that at a black player for the Marlins. When in reality, if you listened, oh, more than about three seconds, you say, he couldn't have said that. And you listen, you go, yeah, he didn't say it. He was yelling, dinger, because the mascot is a purple dinosaur for the Rockies named Dinger. Now, this guy's a moron anyways because he shouldn't be... He's a grown man calling a mascot, which is designed for children, over so he could probably take a selfie with him. Instead, you left-wing lunatics thought he said the N-word. I'm not going to even say it right now to give you the benefit of the doubt. They thought he said the N-word. And I'm like... And I started seeing these stories about people saying, I heard what I heard. And I'm like, this might be one of those Laurel and Yanni things where some people heard a computerized voice saying Laurel, which is what it was, and some people heard Yanni. And I said, is this, what, is this what's going on? You think that 
the uh, that so, this guy's yelling the and then of course an investigation came out. The Rockies paying this guy's a racist, and they said they they were going to take his season tickets away. And then of course he never actually said it, and the story went away very quick. So, but I actually did say the word because I'm like, does that sound like dinger? But you heard, you know, the G is in a different place, and the N is in a different place here. So yeah, I did say it in the context back in 2021. So, in this podcast, because those slurs were brought about on a, behind a paywall, when there, by the way, were not slurs. They were not slurs, not even in the, any context. There was, you're not even looking at the context of that. So what happened? Apparently, word got out and said that I had lost the trust of the third floor, which was the programming floor over this. Again, for the fourth or fifth time I've said this, this is behind a paywall. So how would my coworkers or anybody be hip to the fact that I posted a podcast that was problematic behind a paywall that they don't subscribe to? Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Almost like that there is somebody who subscribes to my podcast just to fuck me over. And that's what happened. Now, I don't know who exactly who this person is, but... I'm going to put this out there for you trolls and you people out there who are fans of mine who are pretty good with technology. On my Patreon, I do have I do have a bunch of uh, people who I have either met in person or have interacted with on social media. In fact, everybody on my Patreon, I had had some sort of relationship. Again, like I said, on social media, I've met them in person. I know them personally. Again, I don't have a ton of Patreon supporters right now. So I started going through. I'm like, when is this a... There has to be some kind of issue. What What is going on? Like, who is this that is... Could it be one of my friends that's on my Patreon who's sending this stuff to my bosses? Like, somebody who I think is trustworthy but is not? And I started going through it a little bit more. And I noticed that there was one Patreon supporter who subscribed to the $10 tier on my Patreon. I have I have two tiers. I have a $5 tier, which is what I tell everybody. You don't need anything more than that. But if you feel that I do such a great job that you want to give me more money, then go for it. So that's a $10 tier. Originally, that was going to be exclusive $10 content. And then I had a $20 or $25 tier that nobody's touched. And I don't... It's fine. I don't... I get it. So... It just so happened this one individual that I started kind of looking at subscribed to my $10, not $5, $10 tier the week I got hired as program director at this alternative radio station. Somebody was monitoring me that was associated with the company. I didn't know that. I thought, hey, because I put it out there. I said, I also have a Patreon and one of the... Uh, radio trades that I talked to and for an interview and I said I also have Patreon so I'm thinking oh maybe somebody is like oh this is kind of cool I I probably should have been a little bit more hip to it but I was also kind of in a euphoric sense of like wow I got promoted I'm actually doing something with my career right now and it was uh, was a few weeks after that I got a, a text message about a Zoom call to be on. And they said that I had a, 
by the way, there were two times that my, by, by the way, I had had a Patreon for a year. It had zero controversy. Nobody had said anything. Nobody sent anything to my bosses and anything that I was going on. I did Patreon. I started that in early 2021 at February, I think, maybe late January. And I did that all the way through the rest of the year. Never had one problem, never had one complaint with anybody at my company. Yet by February, I got a, a message from one of my bosses about a podcast I did in October. Again, behind a paywall. And it was, what it was is the, we had these two people who were working with us and they were kind of like a team and they were kind of destroying the company a little bit. They were eating it from the inside out and none of us really cared for them that much. And I'm not going to mention their names or anything. And there was a one complaint I think there were several complaints, but one of them was a harassment complaint against one of the individuals. So my whole podcast wasn't necessarily talking about that. The only thing I, I said, at my day job, I'm not going to mention names, not going to mention any of that. It's just there was a harassment complaint. And the whole podcast was me talking about if there's a woman who gets her hair cut, loses weight, did her makeup well one day, in 2021, just don't say anything. Don't do it. We're in the Me Too movement. Don't touch a coworker, a female coworker. Don't don't even shake their hand. No hugging. Certainly no kissing. Don't even date coworkers. Where do you meet women? Not at my office. Not anymore. You're not dating the secretary anymore. Just just don't do it. Don't even think about it. And the whole podcast was talking about avoiding sexual harassment at a workplace. Four months ago. I put that podcast up there. Why was it a problem by mid-February? Why was it a problem? Almost like there was some kind of issue, but I, I didn't think about it. Oh, I, I thought about it a little bit, but I'm like, who is, how did this get out? And I'm thinking maybe somebody overheard me talk about it in a recording studio. But I, my naivete, you know, I, I, I could blame myself in a lot of ways, and this is one of the things I can blame on, is... Dude, somebody is monitoring you. You should probably look to see who it is and just delete them. Just delete that person. <laughs> well, just so happens that got hit again. Got a complaint from a listener. It was a, called a listener. I doubt it's a listener. And if it is a listener, it's somebody associated with the company. That's why a lot of this never got out there about the Geno podcast, about racial slurs being used, a very problematic podcast. And why was that going on? Like, who would do that? It was clearly somebody who was monitoring me to see if I was playing by the rules. Hey, I know you're doing a Patreon. I know you're doing a podcast and stuff. But remember, you are still employed by this, this such and such company. You are a representative of this. And that's what it turned into is that it spread out that Tony's a racist who does racist podcasts. Without knowing any of the context. Without even listening to the podcast. Again, it's the same thing as what Joe Rogan went through, is that Joe Rogan has questions about ivermectin, that he isn't vaccinated and got COVID, and yet he took a, uh, through the kitchen sink and, and was able to <laughs> essentially recover from COVID after like two or three days without getting vaccinated. Then he has Dr. McCullough and Dr. Uh, oh, I forgot what the other guy's name is. Um, on his podcast to talk about it. 
and then it became controversial. Oh, he's misinformation. Then you, all of a sudden you heard Joni Mitchell and Neil Young are like, I'm taking my business away from Spotify right now unless you take care of Joe Rogan. Goodbye. It isn't funny. Just so, just not long after that, there was a compilation of Joe Rogan uses the N-word. And they decided at that time that it didn't matter the context. That if he's quoting a rap lyric or if he's quoting somebody that said something like Michael Richards, then it didn't matter the context. We're still going to go after you. And that's what they did. And that's what my company did, is that the word got out. So then the next day, or that day, I started noticing, oh, I'm not Facebook friends with this person and that person and that person. In fact, one of them, who, if you go back into September, was a guest on my podcast. We had been friends. We'd known each other for six years. I thought he was a good guy. He was a, you know, he had a kid and, you know, had gotten married not too long earlier. And thought he was a, thought he was a good guy. Turns his back on me. Because Tony's, instead of, again, ask me what happened. That's all you have to do. Instead of assuming, instead of hearing from other people. You people have known me for six or seven years by now. Also, I do stand-up comedy. I delve into controversial topics, too. That's what we do as a comic. Instead, you turned your back on me. Instead of asking me what happened, hey, man, I heard this thing. This can't be true, right? This doesn't sound like you. And I would be like, great, gladly, I will tell you. Do you know how many people at my company, my old company, that have even associated with me after that was one guy, and that was the first day. He said, dude, WTF happened. One guy. Everyone else, it's just... It's as if I never existed. Took me off the website. Took away my access to social media pages. Just as if I never, just no, nothing ever happened. Now, luckily, that station is going essentially nowhere. And by the way, the new program director who's there, who I like, she's a very nice person. And honestly, I, I'm going to say this right now. If you're listening, I'm not saying your name. I hope the best. I really hope the best for you because you're, you're a very good person. And... Uh, you know, you are passionate about, again, we, you and I showcased our passion for the music that I like the older stuff. You like some of the newer stuff, but we kind of had a, a Venn diagram of what we liked and what we were passionate about. And uh, I hope the best for you really do at that station and beyond. I just don't know how much faith they're going to have in this format going forward. Um, the assistant program director who they hired, because here's the one thing about me, is that I've been in radio for f over 15 years. It took me to till my 15th anniversary in radio. It was like the week after my 15th anniversary where I got my first PD job. She's been in radio for, um, I think, well, she, she started working like maybe like seven, eight years ago as like a sales intern, I believe. I could be wrong. And then ended up in promotions and then started doing some programming stuff in uh, January of 2022. And then the assistant program director, who doesn't know any of the music, who, and I'm going to say it right now, is an affirmative action hire. You don't like it? Tough. True, It's what I believe. It's, he's an affirmative action hire. He was forced upon me. And this is where I know that I, my job was, uh, was kind of compromised from the beginning. I couldn't hire anybody at my own fucking station. How fair is that? 
I'm the program director. I should have the say. You put me in charge. I'll have to deal with whatever you guys want, but I should be the boss here of the station, right? So therefore, I should be the one who's in charge of filling out an air staff. Instead, this is what happened. When I'm trying to put together... Because, look, I get it. If you're a football coach, for example, let's say you're Kevin Stefanski, head coach of the Cleveland Browns. You end up getting hired after the 2019 season. And right now you have a quarterback that you got to deal with that you didn't draft. He's not your guy. Every so often, you're a manager, you're a coach, you're going to have to deal with a quarterback or a player that isn't yours that you're going to have to see if they adapt to your scheme. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it's a good relationship. A lot of times it doesn't work out too well. I get that. That's business. But when I not only really didn't have final say on what programming to be out there as far as the music goes, I really didn't have much of a say when it came to filling out an air staff. So in the mornings, I was forced upon this this one guy, the, the affirmative action hire, who nice guy for for a while i mean we had a decent relationship it started fraying towards the end a little bit but he uh he like apparently he does a podcast too and he's lying to me says he is the most most listens and most listened to sports podcasts in ohio i'm like it's bullshit dude come on but i i listened to it i'm like ah sure yeah whatever yeah no that's great congratulations yeah you do your thing whatever but he was they brought him on to the morning show to basically do the traffic while it was automated and playing whatever. But they're they essentially like, yeah, he needs to be part of the morning show and have him full-time. Like, full-time? You have no place for the guy. Why are, you, why are you forcing him? You made him full-time without consulting me first? Fuck that, man. Then they said, we also have this other candidate that was in the running before, and she was... Uh, already went through the background check. So what you're telling me is I have to hire her too because she had already went through that background check, was getting close to being hired anyways, and just didn't hear back. So that's easy enough. We don't have to pay for another background check or go through another candidate. Then I recommended myself to do middays. That way I don't have to work morning radio. I could actually go to bed before, like after 8.30 p.m., you know, that kind of stuff. Then the afternoon guy was voice-tracking on my station, but worked on another station. So he was forced. So now we all, all of a sudden, the morning show, I have no charge of. But I, I would get blamed if they didn't get along in the morning. I'm like, dude, I, I didn't hire them. You guys hired them. And then the afternoon guy, they had complaints about, oh, you know, he's not, uh, he's lazy, he's a malcontent, he's this and that. I'm like, again, I didn't hire the guy. There's just so much I can do with him. My oh, and then the after then the weekend person who is terrible on the air, I'm just awful. I mean, it's worse than college radio. You, you remember the sweaty balls skit on SNL? Worse than that. They kind of said, "Oh, it would be kind of cool if you hired her." Who is she? Again, I'm not going to say, but her parents are best friends with the owner of the company. Huh. Okay, so didn't hire the weekend person either. Hmm, interesting. So, my only hire was the evening personality. My lone hire. And by the way, everyone likes her. She's the most liked person at that station. They said that she's destined to be a star in the market. 
And I like her. I think she's great. I think she is perfect temperament for radio. I think she's uh, she has kind of that like rock voice of like she's fun, goes to concerts, has tattoos and stuff, is like a cool rock chick. I like that vibe. That is a cool vibe, and that's why I hired. Mm-hmm. That's why I hired. And people love her there. Hi. Probably because of me. So then they give the morning guy, again, the affirmative action hire, he's now assistant program director. Dude hasn't been on radio for five years now. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know how to program a station. But he knows how to kiss the asses of the bosses, and that's what it comes down to. He's kissing everyone's asses. My job was compromised from the beginning, so if I didn't get let go from my pro- problematic behind-a-paywall podcast from f- that I recorded in February, I would have gotten let go for something, at, probably sometime by the summer, that we weren't going to see eye-to-eye as a company. So I just thought I'd clear the air a little bit about what was going on. And... Oh, I should let let you know who that person was as far as their name, if anyone wants to do some sleuthing. So, when I was putting these notes for this podcast together, the that email address just unsubscribed from my podcast two days ago. Now, what was two days ago? Two days ago was actually right when I uh, got my final paycheck of my severance. So I think that person was involved in the company to see if I would say anything inflammatory on my Patreon during that time. And now that my last paycheck went through, they unsubscribed. I didn't give them what they wanted. But I'm going to give you what you want right now. For you folks who know about email addresses and IP addresses and geolocation and everything, I'm going to give you the email address, this, this individual. Russ Fulton... 1983 at gmail.com. Who is this person? Where they're, where, you could just tell me where they're located and it narrows down the suspects. Who is Russ Fulton, R U S S F U L T O N, 1983 at gmail.com? Russ Fulton, 1983 at gmail.com. Who is this individual that subscribed to my podcast the week I got hired? at that radio station as program director, but then unsubscribed the day my final paycheck of severance went through. Who did that? Who was that? Interesting. Hmm. So as I wrap up the podcast, we're hour and a half ranting right now. I think I'm only going to do three podcasts this week instead of four. I've done this is like two podcasts in one I'm doing right now. So what have I learned from this? Yeah, you know, when I told my wife I got let go and what I was going to do. And eventually I 3 weeks after I got le- less than 3 weeks, I got a new job. Less than 3 weeks later I already got a new job. And I've kind of wanted to work in the trades for a while because these were people who got shit upon by my old company by looking down upon them. Well, hey, guess what? When either you're retired or you're having to find another job, and while half my former employer or uh, coworkers unfriended me and unfollowed me and even blocked me on social media, they don't talk to me. They don't associate with me. You know my number. And also, the, also you bitches in the industry, too. Some of you people have not 
responded to any of my tweets, have not asked me how I was doing. Because, like, what's my mental health status? How have I coped the last few months? Or last two months? Few weeks? How have I been able to manage myself? I mean, it's one thing if you get let go from a job that you weren't really passionate about. It was a job. It wasn't a career. This was my career. What do you do in that situation? How do you respond to that? And the, the answer is apparently nothing. I just got to go, go away quietly. I'm not going away quietly. I was quiet because I was getting severance. And you say, well, why bring this up now? Exactly. It's not relevant right now. I know. But I felt it's time to clear the air. Because you people were spreading lies about me, spreading rumors. People who've known me for the better part of a decade, maybe longer, just stop talking to me. Stop paying attention to me. Like, I mean, it, it feeling like a pariah. For no reason. For things that you thought I... Like, that well, I was just going on podcasts and sounding like Michael Richards at the Laugh Factory when it wasn't the case. You've known me long enough. You've known what I do. You know that I do like dirty jokes. I like... What's the George Carlin line? Is It was like something along the lines of... Uh, a comedian or somebody in that field, a comedian's job is to see where the line is and deliberately cross it. But that's not this. That's not that business anymore. We don't don't want to cross the line. Don't want to piss off the wrong people. Don't want special interest groups knocking on the door and picketing in front of our places. So we just got to go get away from it. Do away. Go away. Go away. We want you gone. I was canceled, man. I was canceled. That term we use nowadays, canceled, I was canceled. So I'm working in the regular industry. And by the way, I'm dealing with blue-collar people right now. And they're more of my kind of people. They don't, they don't all sit there wearing masks in their cars. They're not talking about vaccines. They're talking about vacation, like what they do, like going camping. Or they talk about beer and sports. You know, normal things in a normal world. Not, not a bunch of you that just like, oh, isn't Trump just like the worst kind of person? Hey, have you seen the new Marvel movie? Just, ugh. You motherfuckers. I have such large contempt for all of you. All of you. And you know who you are. There's good people who still work in that industry that don't rock the boat. I mean, trust me, I, I know this with my wife. She's one that we're... We have a lot of similarities, but we also have differences. And one of the biggest differences we have is she doesn't rock the boat. I do. I like to step on toes. Because shit gets done when you step on toes. Not everything that's good, but you start to make a statement. And I'm making a statement in this podcast right now. I want to clear the air and tell my side of the story. If none of you listen, I know some of you are. I know some of you, when I put this out there, some of you will hear this. And you're going to share it. And you're going to say, oh, Tony just started just ranting about some bullshit, whatever. Racist Tony. I'm not racist. I don't even need to feel the need to qualify or defend myself in that way. <laughs> you, you Go back through my podcast. Go through my archive. Whether it's the free podcast or if you were subscribing on the podcast. If I said anything that was just blatantly racist... If I bring up something like uh, crime statistics, that's not racist. That's crime statistics. That's statistics. <laughs> that's facts. Um, that's it. 
I don't I don't talk about that much. I talk about privilege sometimes, but I don't I mean you again, it's not like you people have known me for 2 months and you're like, "Oh, well, I didn't know him that much." You've known me for almost a decade and you have these these visions of who you think I am as opposed to the times that we would have we would have drinks and I'd crack jokes. A lot of them were dad jokes. A lot of them just it was a fun time. We had fun hangs. But not anymore, man. Not no mo. It's done. It's basically done. I'm not I'm not ruling out the fact that I may never work in radio again because there could be a possibility somebody wants to hire me. Somebody didn't do their research or listen to this podcast. But I don't honestly, I I'm at the point in that business because I've talked to people, I've talked to very prominent non-radio people that say I'm better off now. No matter what I'm doing, I could be sitting on my ass jerking off, uh, watching Netflix and eating a, a gallon of ice cream right now. I could be doing all that, playing video games and watching Marvel movies. And I'm still better off than working there, than being a part of a, a, a company that would sell me sell me out like that. And this, and by the way, not just... Here's the end of the compliment sandwich. Remember, you talk about the bread is like the good stuff, and then the other for the with the bun, the top, and then the bottom, and then all the meat is all the negative stuff. I'm going to compliment at the very end of it. Again, I appreciate the fact that they hired me, and I'm also going to say that what they did is probably not unique to radio. This is why it's more of an industry thing instead of an individual company thing, is that the, any of these companies would have done the same thing. Sold me, sold me out. Anything to get rid of me. And that's fine. That works. That's okay. It's just sad. It's sad what uh, what this has become. Because it's not... It's a business that I, I did deeply care about at one time, and I had hoped for the best. And even when I got the program director position, it was a, would have been the dream job... Oh, excuse me. Would have been the dream job for me 10 years ago. But it's a different business now. It's not a good business. It's not a stable business. It's not the same business. It's a different business. And the only people who are on the air right now, you know, you think your controversial talk show host, all they do is kiss ass. When they when they get back, when they get done, they hang out with the salespeople. They try to get live reads. They try to get a couple extra bucks from them, go out drinking maybe, or free food or anything like that. I was in the business to go to war and not not just go to work, but go to war. But they're in the business of collecting a paycheck every two weeks. It becomes just a job to them instead of a passion. Well, good good news. The people that had a passion for this business no longer work in this business. They don't have a passion for what they do. They have a passion for making a paycheck, which, okay, I mean, I guess that's something. But for the most part, no, the passion is with people... <coughs> And the passion that people once had for the business. And it's like this in TV. It's like this in stand-up comedy. It's like this in a lot of forms of entertainment and acting. In fact, over the weekend, I was just talking to Tom Berenger, of all people. And Tom Berenger had kind of a meltdown at this Comic-Con I was at because he's like, how did I win an Emmy for Hatfields and the McCoys, and yet I can't get work right now? It's probably a reason for it. And can't, sometimes you can't pick pointed out, but people who have a passion for something and wonder what the heck happened, there's forces at play that you just, you can't come to terms with, and it's it sucks that you feel that you're blackballed, and you're, but not just blackballed by employers and 
You're blackballed by your uh, your fellow coworkers and peers. It sucks, man. It's a terrible feeling. I was telling that to my wife. I said, you've never been fired from a job, so you don't know what, you don't have that feeling. You don't know what it's like knowing that your friends don't talk to you anymore. And by the way, when I say radio friends, I never got into this business to be friends with people in radio. My goal was to go to work. When I got this position, I had a Zoom call, kind of an introductory Zoom call with the people in management. And I said, if you've seen me at the office the last nearly seven years, and I didn't really talk much, it's because I don't go to make friends here. If I make friends along the way, that's fine, that's great. But my goal is to go to work. This is a job, this is a passion. And my goal, again, like I said earlier, is to make the best radio station possible. And I don't want anybody getting in my way of that. But apparently they got in my way, so you're just going to be left with a mediocre station with zero promotion. You, is that what you want? You just want mediocre. You want mediocrity. Just keep mediocrity on the air. Don't rock the boat. Don't do any of that. Just mediocre. Fine. Go for it. I don't want to be a part of it. I'm glad I'm not part of it. It's probably better for my mental health anyways. But I, they've just drummed out the people who have had passion in the business. And um, it, it just sucks. Well, again, I was telling my wife that it, you don't know how it feels to have people that are just like conspiring against you and have these thoughts in their head of what went in and how to cope and how I'm dealing with this, instead of asking me for what happened. That's the one thing that really bothered me. It wasn't even so much getting let go. It was just when these people who know who I am, they have my phone number, they have a lot of access to me. And by the way, also, never once unplugged on social media. Like I did maybe for the first couple of days, but then I kept posting, and I was, I've been around. I've been around. You know I'm out there. But you've either unfriended me or you've muted me or blocked me, unfollowed, anything like that. Or you just ignore me. Okay. I see how it is. Well, that's going to wrap up the podcast. Uh, if you <coughs> pollen out here. If you want to subscribe, if you heard this for free, if you like this rant, I've got more of this. And I talk about news stuff. I talk about comedy stuff. And I try to have fun sometimes and get some guests on. Uh, we have our Mondays with Mazer with Chad that comes up. I appreciate you for listening to this podcast and subscribing. And uh, the last thing is for you, for you radio people who've been listening, whether you've put this on, you listen to the whole thing, or you scrolled ahead about an hour when I actually talked about this. Um, you know what you did. You know what you did, and you're, uh, you're horrible people. A lot of you are horrible, horrible people I do not want to associate with because you don't want to associate with me. Because I'm persona non grata. As soon as I did something uh, that you didn't like, then went against your nature. So, whatever. You guys, uh, you guys can go fuck yourselves. All of you. Delete my number. Delete me off social media. I'll do my thing. You do your thing. But just know that. Just know I couldn't give a shit about you right now. I wouldn't piss on fire. If you were, if you were on fire, I wouldn't piss you out. Just telling you that right now. Um, the rest of you who are fans of mine and fans of the podcast and everything, I do appreciate you. And I'm going to continue doing this podcast. I'm going to continue growing the podcast is what I what I can do. And uh, yeah, that's what it's uh, that's what's going to be right now. So if you have any suggestions on what I can do other than 
don't do a podcast anymore, then I'm, I'm all ears here. I'm still here. No matter what you can do, you can try to cancel me. You can try to force me at, at whatever, whatever you want to do. I'm still going to be here. I'm still, what is it, the Elton John song? Since we're going back to playing soft hits, I'm still standing. I'm still going to be around. I just may not be in the industry anymore. So uh, if you don't like it, then delete my number and we will not cross our paths anymore. But I just figured I'd take this podcast to clear the air and let you know what I'm doing, how I've felt the last seven to eight weeks, <coughs> and uh, tell my side of the story. Because you probably heard some warped, bullshit, telephone type of story. And this is my side. So if you don't like it, you think that I'm, I'm telling bullshit, you know me, I've been a pretty straight shooter with all of you. In fact, I tell, I'm, I'm a little too honest social media or with people I'm a little too honest and that's gotten me into in hot water for no pun intended with Gino it's got me in hot water a lot of times because I've been too honest I don't kiss ass so I'm not going to kiss your ass I'm not going to kiss anyone's ass anymore so but if you want to kiss my ass I'm I'm all for that all right hour and 41 minutes how do you like that that's how I'm going to wrap up this podcast thank you for subscribing if you are <coughs> on patreon listening today have yourselves a, not a happy Memorial Day, but enjoy yourselves today and remember why we're celebrating. And if you're listening for free, well, have a good June. It's Pride Month coming up. I'm ready for that. And I have plenty of podcasts ready for talking about Pride Month. I'm so looking forward to that. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And I will talk to you later this week.